What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. Sorry things have been a little slow over here lately, trying to reformat the other channel and keep this one going. My ultimate plan and goal is to get at least four to five videos a week up on this channel, and uh, maybe more, but I don't want to count my chickens just yet. Anyway, things are going all right. Dog decided to start barking as soon as I recorded, so whatever. One cat on the bed, there's probably two, but the other one's black, so we can't see him. <laughs> Camouflage. Anyway, let's get to the stories. Why are all my outgoing emails marked as spam? Thought of this from a few years ago. Me is me, and MG is marketing guy. Me, I see you open a ticket about the emails you send being marked as spam. Marketing guy says, yes, I keep hearing from people that they've found my email in their junk folder. Fix it. Okay, let me take a look. I pop on the Google Workplace Mail Log Reporting Tool and check his outgoing emails. They're being sent out properly, passing DMARC, etc. I pull the full original email from the system to check it out. Everything looks okay, but as I go through the body of the email, I notice there's a tracking image embedded in it. The URL of the tracking image is blacklisted everywhere. We think marketing guy has malware or something, so we start digging. Nothing comes up on scans. We disable all extensions in Chrome and the problem goes away. After checking each extension, we realize the marketing guy, because he needs to know when his emails are opened, has added an extension that adds tracking pixels to outgoing emails and gives him reports. The extension was using several different domains for the tracking, and one of them was the one everybody's blacklisted. We disabled the extension permanently. Marketing guy's not happy, but now his emails aren't getting rejected anymore. I'll never understand. I'm pretty sure. I mean, OP didn't say it, but I'm pretty sure most of these companies have a pretty long-standing rule that you don't download your own extensions, software, whatever. At least not without, you know, running it up the flagpole, going through tech support, making sure everything's okay and on the up and up, having it tested, whatever. But I'm honestly surprised they didn't have it locked down to the point where he couldn't download stuff without permissions. But what do I know? Helicopter managers, the bane of my existence. Or, no ma'am, MS Authenticator's free, it does not cost $40. Honestly, my title can be the entire post, and everyone in the know would shudder and cringe at that one with zero elaboration. Not too long ago, we switched 2FA to MS Authenticator, as the other one was less secure, and we kept having annoyance intrusions. Annoyance intrusions is what my job calls it. Person A has their account creds compromised, and third-party actor tries logging in. They're hit with 2FA and decide to try their luck. The person who owns the account thinks nothing of it and ignores the prompt or hits no. The third party actor tries again and again until the person finally gets annoyed and hits yes to shut their phone up. After years of dealing with these kinds of intrusions, we convince the higher ups to switch to Microsoft Authenticator. Actually, that's a lie. MS Authenticator is cheap and that's how we got them to approve the switch. Anywho, we made the swap last year and we kept running into something I call Helicopter Manager Syndrome. The manager would set up his or her entire staff on the 2FA for them. They would not have their workers grab the MS Authenticator app from the Play slash App Store. They would just set it up for them and use secondary authentication methods, i.e. text and call methods. Well, fast forward to this year and new security policies are in place. Malicious third-party actors are able to intercept calls and text messages logging into accounts and compromising our network. Now it's app only. If you forget your phone, guess you gotta drive home. Your phone's lost, stolen, destroyed, in a horrible paddleboat accident. Gotta get a new phone. Now I tell you that story to tell you this story. Let me introduce you to HMS, Helicopter Manager Syndrome, Karen. Oh, the HMS Karen. <laughs> I was thinking of a boat. 
Karen is a manager of over 150 underlings whom she treats like her children. Her perfect little angels need her to do everything for them. See, since the plague wiped out most of humanity and we all started to live in underground bunkers, or just permanently worked from home, HMS Karen was always a bit extra when it came to her hovering. If one of her underlings called into the help desk, she had to be three-wayed onto the call. Her staff needs warranty work? Better write up a 4,000 word essay to explain why, or she won't approve it. Actually, that one was easy as managers don't approve warranty work and can't interfere with that. HMS Karen was the manager no one wanted to work under, yet was the only choice due to location. So the day comes which we send out the warning email stating that text and call methods will not work for logging into our systems any longer. Then the second warning. Then the third. Yep, all ignored. So finally the day of the switchover comes and HMS Karen is calling into us frantic. By this point, Karen has lost over 60% of her underlings due to the economy. HMS Karen says, You have to undo the change. We can't use this horrible app. Me. Thank you for calling IT. This is Lightning. How may I assist you? Small bit of silence. Me. Hello? HMS Karen says, Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Thank you for calling into IT. This is Lightning. How may I assist you today? HMS Karen. I just... Uh, Never mind. You have to undo this horrible change. We need to be able to text to log into our accounts. This app is horrible. I say, well, I understand it can be a bit of a pain to set up, but once it's up and running, it's good to go. HMS Karen then says, no, it's not. It's popping up with full screen ads and not letting us authenticate to log in. Me. Uh, Karen. And it costs $40. Do you know how expensive it is for me to pay 40 bucks for 47 employees? Me. Well, I have some good news there. It is actually free. If the app you have is saying it costs $40, it's not the correct app. Also, MS Authenticator doesn't have any ads, so that's not the correct app. You don't have to pay for it. HMS Karen says, That isn't true. I'm looking at it right now on the Play Store. It's called the Authenticator app. It has a lock with a keyhole in it. Me. Ma'am, MS Authenticator is free. It does not cost $40. The one you're looking at is a fake provided by malicious third party trying to steal your login creds. And there's a long pause. Well, have any of your guys tried to log into the app? HMS Karen. They tried, but it wouldn't work with the QR code prompts from the logins. So you're telling me that all of your employees have entered their username and password into this app? HMS Karen. Well, they tried to, but it doesn't let them log in. <laughs> me. But they physically entered the info? HMS Karen interrupting me. I just said it wouldn't let them log in. We don't need to escalate this. While having this conversation, I'm at our chat programs with the security department. I say, hey, I'm on with Office 666. You know, HMS Karen's office. Security says, don't ruin my day, please. Well, you know those fake apps that are charging $40 and stealing accounts? Security guy says, thank you for reaching out to security department. No one's available to take your call at this time. <laughs> Me, bro. Security says, okay. Yeah, we know the app. It's been all day with this crap. So you know how HMS Karen is the most helicopterist helicopter to ever copter in her underlings? Security says, English please? Well, I'll order us some Wingstop, but yeah, her entire office bought this $40 app and entered their creds into the app. Security says, didn't I just tell you not to ruin my day? Shut up, I'm paying for Wingstop. Security says, okay, I'll get on the horn with Karen's boss and the CIO. Let them know that Jimmy's about to be rustled. Right around this time, HMS Karen says, did you just disable my account? Me, talking really fast. Per security policies, I have informed the security department of the possible intrusion. Everyone in your branch has had their accounts disabled for their protection. If any one of your employees use their company password for any of their non-work accounts, it is suggested to immediately change it. In my chat with security, the CIO was invited in as well as Karen's boss. 
CIO says, hey, invite me into this call. Ultra Karen. Yes, me too, please. So I invite security, the CIO, and Karen's boss into the call and accidentally disconnect myself from it. Then I say, oh, I guess I accidentally transferred instead of added. CIO, you have the call now. CIO says, okay, that works for me. Mistakes happen. Not like you could have done any more anyways. In a private message from CIO, he says, smooth. <laughs> HMS Karen's entire office was down that day, and it took the security department four hours to set up their office on the correct MS Authenticator app. Cherry on top, CIO ended up footing the bill for the Buffalo Wings, although he ordered from Buffalo Wild Wings instead of Wingstop. Not my cup of tea, but I won't complain about a free lunch. This goes back to what I said in the first story. Like, how are people adding apps that don't, like, there's got to be, I almost guarantee you when they did the switchover, they sent everybody a link or at least the department heads or managers or something. And instead of actually clicking the link or looking at the link or looking at the icon or the, you know, reading whatever the fine print was, they just went looking for an app and saw Authenticator and she went right for it. I mean... I, keep, I should say she. They only did what their boss told them to do, so it really all falls down to her. People are out of their damn minds, man. Start banging away on the keyboard, putting your new username and password in and stuff. Just nuts. I'll just keep escalating until I get what I want. I worked help desk for the IT department at my university. Paid well enough for a student, and I got sharply discounted tuition. Plus, my folks let me just stay with them for a pittance of rent since we lived like five minutes away from campus. I could walk to class, it was the perfect setup. Anyways, I'm on shift one afternoon during the first week of school one semester. Students were still getting their dorm rooms set up and connecting their gaming consoles or streaming devices, etc. And so this week was typically busier for us at the help desk. We typically had to do a lot of allowing MAC addresses to bypass our NAT restriction using a web form a student filled out, or as a walk-in to help desk. So you can imagine we had a ton of traffic that first week. Me equals me, EB equals entitled Brett. The phone rings and I say, thanks for calling help desk at university. This is ITR cool, how can I help? Brett says, yes, I need more bandwidth for my internet connection in my dorm room. The speeds I'm getting are unacceptable and I can barely connect to the PlayStation network. Please boost my bandwidth to a minimum of 200 megabyte down, 40 megabits up. Me, I'm sorry, sir, but I do not have control over that. Our network admin and CIO have set and determined the necessary bandwidth allowances for the dormitories along with the other buildings on campus by priority. We don't have enough bandwidth in our pipeline to accommodate that for you. Brad says, well, I understand that, but you see, my father is CEO of a local company that donates to this university, and I think we can reach an understanding that I rightly deserve an extended bandwidth increase due to my family's background. Please stop making excuses and get it done. Once again, I'm sorry, sir, I cannot accommodate that, nor do I control it. Now the brat, in a snotty rich boy tone, says, That's okay, I'll just go around you and keep escalating until I get what I want. Thanks. Click. The way we were set up was we had a single bandwidth pipeline for the whole school, and it was split two ways, the main campus buildings and the dorms. The former were a priority for the bandwidth needs, and the dorms came second. State budgets being the way they were, that's all we could afford financially. As our primary ISP, we had a smaller secondary ISP that was just for IT use in the server room if worst case happened, and we had a total ISP failure going on, we could still keep some services going. So unfortunately, the dorms got less bandwidth and thus less speed. You just had to learn to time out when the best time to connect online for gaming and streaming was, and that was not in the evenings when everyone was back from class. For surfing the web or checking email, that was fine. For gaming and streaming video, not great, but it was what it was. Instead of streaming, you were better off collecting DVDs or renting them from the then-still-open video store in the area and connecting a LAN with other dorm mates if you wanted to game multiplayer, 
or play solo on local campaign mode. I and the CIO and network admin were on casual terms. The IT department at the school was a tight-knit group, so I later asked them both how that all went down. Entitled Brad escalated all the way up to the CIO who promptly told him to go pound sand and that he would not be receiving more bandwidth just because he was local company CEO's son. If he wanted more bandwidth, he'd have to get his own personal data plan and hotspot to that. Entitled Brad lost his mind and threatened to get his CEO dad involved. CIO said, go ahead, and called his bluff. Nothing ever happened, and as far as I know, Entitled Brat made do, or went and got his daddy to buy him a fancy cellular hotspot for his special internet needs. After his daddy talked to our CIO and got cleared to do so, our CIO was a firebrand guy that knew how to handle himself in any situation and knew how to stand up to bullies and read political situations easily. Unfortunately for us, Entitled Brat stuck around for a full ride four years in the dorms and so like clockwork at the beginning of each semester, we reset the NAT restriction filters between semester breaks for security reasons, so you had to get your MAC address resubmitted every semester as a result. He would call in with the same snooty attitude about other random junk. Please reconnect the cable jack in my room. The Wi-Fi here is crap. This was after we had disconnected and pulled all old copper connections out of the campus buildings to save on infrastructure costs. Save for that which had to be physically connected and the brand new WAPs we had mounted covering all rooms of every building. We always drew straws to see who got to deal with him. I love it when people think they're more special than they actually are. Money will buy you a lot. Who you know can get you through a lot of doors. But not everywhere. And nor should it. Quite honestly, if, you know, if your dad was that important, it would have already been set up before you got there. Donating money to a school does nothing for you. It shouldn't do anything for you. If your daddy wanted you to have that much control, then daddy should have just bought the school outright and run it himself. Then you can get whatever you want. YouTube thinks you're going to like this video right here, so do me a favor. It helps the channel a lot. Can you give it a click? See ya.